Welcome to the Buncombe Street United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Chris Ashley. I'm the director of congregational engagement here at our church and the host of this podcast each and every week. If you're just joining us for the first time, we are right in the middle of a series where we are walking through the Beatitudes, which is a list of characteristics found at the beginning of Jesus's most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, that can be found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And the passage we are specifically looking at comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 2 to 12. We're right here in the middle this week. We're going to be on uh, verse 6. Uh, but each and every week of this series, we have been reading this passage in its entirety. So let's jump in by doing that. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this week, as I said, we are going to be in verse 6 which says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So uh, I want to go back and rehash a little bit of this series, some things that we do to set up each of these Beatitudes. First off, a Beatitude is simply an ideal character. uh, These are the ideal characteristics of a disciple, right? These are the things that Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, these are the things that you should embody. The word beatitude simply means a state of un- utmost bliss, right? That blessed, that blessedness. But as I have shared on every episode of this, when I was growing up thinking that the word was be attitude, as in b- the attitudes we should be, right? So these are each of these beatitudes are going to be a specific quality of a blessed person, a specific quality of a uh, of a ideal characteristic of a disciple. And there's also going to be a reward or an incentive or a promise for embracing this quality. So this week we are looking at hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So I want to look at a couple things. First off, I want to look at the idea of of hunger and thirst, right? These uh, These are characteristics here. These are things that you feel. These are feelings. These are uh, longings, you might even say. They're cravings, if you might, right? So before, the ones we've looked at so before, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those are those are kind of characteristics of someone, right? These ideal characteristics of a disciple. But hunger and thirst are actual things that this disciple does, right? These are these are actions. These are longings, cravings, and, and 
I don't know if you've ever been hungry or thirsty. Uh, I know, uh, like I think, so today is Wednesday, Wednesday, um, May 17th, 2023. Yesterday was Tuesday. I had a long day here at the church. We had a church council meeting last night. And so I got here um, to drop my girls off at school around 740, uh, came to my office, worked, um, and then was here till about eight o'clock last night. And in that process of getting out the door with two toddlers yesterday morning, I got here uh, and realized I had not eaten anything for breakfast. I had just had a cup of coffee uh, when I was at home, but I had not eaten anything. And I I had this this grumbling in my stomach, right? This almost like this pain of hunger. And after a minute, it, it dissipated and I kind of forgot about it and had lunch uh, around 11:30 and thought man I never ate breakfast so I'm ready for lunch and I was I was hungry and I consumed my lunch that I brought from home and then I got to the end of church council around eight o'clock and thought wow the only thing I've eaten today was this one this one bowl of of rice and chicken and Brussels sprouts like this was my my whole food my whole food source for the day and I was again just found myself hungry and that's just a small like I, I wouldn't even call that hunger right but I would just say like when you when you get those grumbles or those like those hunger pains or I don't know if you if any of you experience this I know um I certainly have experienced this I know my wife has experienced this and certainly our kids have experienced this uh have you ever been hangry right and if you don't know what hangry is it's kind of when you get you get grumpy because you're so hungry you're like hungry and angry you're hangry uh I I've seen that I've seen that before. I've I've felt that before. And one other example I want to think about when we think about hunger and thirst. So I may have said this on the podcast before, but my favorite television show ever, and it's currently running. It's I think it's on the uh, they're currently in the midst of their forty fourth season on television. I love the show Survivor. And these these players on Survivor, you know, they go out to this island for a month and they're they're limited with their food and they've got to kind of forage and gather and you see them start to wither away and deteriorate and it causes them to be emotional and grumpy and angry and uh, all kinds of things, irritable. Well, I'm listening to a podcast with the the host of that show. He's talking a little bit each week about kind of the behind the scenes of that show. And he talked about a couple of weeks ago how they consulted they they did a reset of the way they ran the show a couple of years ago and they consulted with a nutritionist to basically say like in this new this new era we want to give the castaways as little as possible so what is the longest that they can go without food right so it was essentially like we want to we want to see how long uh we can wait before we actually give them something to you know so that they they aren't in physical physical harm like we want them to suffer we want them to be hungry and thirsty but we don't want them to you know get sick or die or anything like that so i, I just thought that was fascinating this idea of intentionally uh keeping food and nutrition and like that level of hunger i've never experienced that but i see the way that that impacts the people on this show right so again this is a hunger and a thirst that we're talking about blessed are those who hunger and thirst what are we hungering and thirsting for for righteousness so when i think about this hunger and thirst this metaphorical hunger and thirst 
I think we all have that in our lives. However, I don't know that it's necessarily for righteousness, right? What do we hunger and thirst for? Some of us, it's for success or for wealth or possessions or for a certain position in society or or a position at work or we might hunger and thirst for family or for love or for all kinds of material earthly things but jesus says that for the ideal characteristic of a disciple the thing that you're going to hunger and thirst for is going to be righteousness right righteousness being uh this idea of right living right this I'm desiring this holiness of my heart and my life, this deliverance from sin and soul restoration. Essentially, I'm I'm desiring to be as as clean and holy as I can be so that I can be as close to Jesus as possible, so that I can feel as close to him as possible, right? Sin separates us from Jesus. Now, we are forgiven, we are uh granted granted mercy so that we actually are in relationship with Jesus and nothing can separate us. However, when we're struggling with sin in our lives, and and maybe this is just me, but I feel like when I'm struggling with sin, I feel distant from God, right? It's not because he's left me, it's because I've left him. Right, I've I've distanced myself. It's almost like uh, like you know, again, I I know I lean a lot on being a parent of toddlers, but when your child does something they know is wrong, what do they do? They, you know, they kind of put their head down. They turn away. They don't want to look you in the eye because they feel like I have broken this relationship, right? <clears throat> and even though we don't break that relationship with Jesus, it can feel that way. So we're hungering and thirsting for this right relationship, this right living, this soul restoration and deliverance from sin. And if we hunger and thirst for righteousness and we really are pursuing that, right? If I'm hungering and thirsting for something, if I'm if I'm physically hungry, right? If I'm a castaway on Survivor and I don't have any food, there's been no food provided to me, what am I going to do? I'm going to go out and let me see if I can find some coconuts up in a tree. Let me... I've seen this happen. Let's eat some bugs. Let's see if we can find some crabs on the saint on the beach and just eat these just the victory and the celebration over this these little bites of protein. That's what hunger does, right? So if I'm hungering and thirsting for righteousness, I'm pursuing it to a level where even a morsel of that is is worth whatever struggle it takes to get it, right? So if we are living that kind of life, if we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, what does what does Jesus say? They shall be satisfied. Other translation says they shall be filled, right? And this is this word here, this word satisfied. It's the same word that they use. They don't typically use this word in scripture to describe humans. It's typically used to describe feeding animals in a stall. Like, like, I don't know if you've ever been out on a farm. I mean, we're in South Carolina, surely to goodness, some of you have, have, have seen farm life. But if you, if you see when, when farmers go to feed animals, like feed pig, like I think about pigs, that's the first thing that comes to my head is like pigs and you pour food in a pig trough. What happens? They swarm it and they're just devouring this food, right? They're, they're so hungry that they want to they want to be satisfied they want to devour this food and they just eat 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 eat, eat right 
Um, so the other place that this word is used is is actually in my one of my favorite miracles in scripture, and that's the Jesus feeding the five thousand, right? And if you remember that story. They start with very little, right? Five loaves and two fish. There's 5,000 men. There's plus women, plus children. So there's, you know, potentially close to 15,000 people here. So they have these five loaves and these two fish. Jesus blesses it. He he divides it up to his disciples. They feed these crowds. The crowds eat until they're full, like until they are satisfied, right? Until they have they have filled their bellies. And then what happens? They collect a surplus. Basically, each disciple gets to take a doggy bag home as they fill these 12 baskets with all the leftovers. That's the kind of satisfaction that Jesus is promising us if we thirst, hunger and thirst for righteousness. He goes, you're going to get that and you're going to get it in abundance. You're going to get it to the point where you don't even know what to do with the rest. It's a complete satisfaction. And I think of I think of Thanksgiving, right? Uh, Thanksgiving has always been a huge holiday for my family. It's when all of my family t- typically gets together and my mom cooks everything. I mean, she always does a turkey and a ham, every single side known to man, including the the goat side, the greatest of all time side, which is Watergate salad. Don't come at me. It's the, it's the greatest thing. It is the best, best thing. My mom has to make a big bowl of it because I literally could eat the whole bowl of it. It's so delicious. <laughs> but I think about, you know, I always eat my, uh, eat a plate of Thanksgiving food and I always pile on way more than, than I probably can even physically eat. I make myself eat it. And then I get done with that and I'm like, oh, I'm so full. And I realize I haven't even eaten dessert yet. And dessert's like the best part of Thanksgiving. <laughs> so you force feed yourself the dessert to the point where like you're so filled, you're almost sick with with satisfaction. That's the kind of satisfaction that Jesus is promising us here. And what happens after Thanksgiving is the same thing I think happens here. If we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness and Jesus fills us and satisfies that hunger and satisfies that thirst, I just wrote down here in my notes, I think a holy nap is in order, right? This, the, that's how you feel after, after a big meal. You just feel like, man, I've, I'm so satisfied that I actually can totally relax and let myself take a nap, go to sleep. I think the reason we get to that point after we eat a big meal is because we're, we're, we're finally satisfied to a level that we didn't even know we needed. And I found that self, I found that in my own experience too. I did a, I did a 24 hour silent retreat one time and, you know, went up there with all these plans, had a book, had a journal, had all this stuff I wanted to do, got up there. And the guy who was leading it said, you know, I know a lot of you probably brought books and stuff. And he said, normally I would let you read them, but I, I just feel God's prompting that I need to just collect that stuff from you and just let you have this, this 24 hours with Jesus. And I remember I slept of those 24 hours. I think I slept about 14 hours straight. I never do that. And I realized I'd just been going, 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 and I hadn't let myself be satisfied. I hadn't let Jesus satisfy the things I was running after. And when he did, I was finally able to just let go. And and my body needed that physical rest. And so I think for us, as we pursue this characteristic of a disciple, this beatitude, if we continue to hunger and thirst, to long and crave for this righteousness, this this soul restoration, this right living, Jesus promises us 
to be satisfied and let us take a holy nap. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I hope you will join us next week when we talk about the merciful. But until then, grace and peace to you all.